1: Welcome to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. It's great to have you joining us today. We've got some really exciting material today, and I know it's exciting to you because we've been getting a lot of engagement online about a new initiative that we have at American Indian and Alaska Native Living. What we've done over the last several years is we have released video segments that go along with some of our radio shows. And... We're going to be talking about that and some of the response that we've been getting as we've been actually, with a new initiative, just releasing some short video segments. To help me as far as the dialogue, uh, as far as today's program, and to talk about your responses is my wife, Dr. Sonia DeRose. Sonia, it's great to have you in the studio with us.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here with you as
1: well. So Sonia, we've been looking at this uh, this concept of extending the reach of American Indian and Alaska Native living radio by releasing video content. We've been doing that for several years now. Some of those videos have generated a fair amount of engagement, but many folks realize today that what's driving a lot of engagement online are these shorter YouTube videos, shorter you know TikTok videos, Instagram, and we're starting to put out some of this short content material that's drawing from programming that we released in the past on our radio show, on American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio. So we're going to right now play a clip that we just released. Um, uh, this is that uh, we're recording at the end of January of 2024. And uh, one of the clips we just released was based on a radio show we did probably about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago with Stephen T. Ginsburg, And Stephen was sharing about uh, his life and struggling with addictions and gaining victory in that, and he spoke about some of the things that led up to his addictive behaviors. So, Sonia, if you would, go ahead and please uh, roll that clip for us right now. For a person like myself that went through what I went through, when marijuana was introduced to me by an older contemporary, And when I first smoked marijuana, everything that I felt like I was missing, every fear, every bit of pain, every bit of anxiety that I had was squashed to my perception by the use of marijuana. And I was off and running immediately. And it that very quickly spun into daily and nightly use. And then that continued to escalate because anything with addiction and alcoholism, I believe truly it is remarkably progressive. It grows in scope once it takes its hold. And that's exactly what happened to me. Okay. So we just listened to that clip from uh, Steven Ginsburg and we put that out just uh actually less than 24 hours ago. And a couple thousand people have engaged with that. I know in a lot of uh venues when it comes to posting of videos, that's not a lot of engagement. But for some of the radio content that we've put out, this is actually quite a bit, especially in such a short time. And we got a number of responses as well. So we're seeing this as something that our listening audience is wanting to engage with. And it brings up a lot of interesting dialogue because substance use, uh Health issues so often are some of the things that really drive a lot of engagement when it comes to this program. So let's talk a little bit, Sonia, about some of the responses that we've got, and we'll kind of walk people through just uh, some of my dialogue with those who've already engaged with us.
2: One of the responses said this, I started with weed, ended my run with heroin, fentanyl, and Xanax. I'm now a four-time felon. Weed isn't always the problem, but I had no business using it.
1: Okay, and so what we basically got, and you get this flavor from that first response, we got a number of people who resonated with Stephen T. Ginsburg's message, and then a number of people who kind of raised their eyebrows. So my response to this uh, individual was, thanks for sharing. Sorry to hear your story, but glad to hear you speaking in the past tense. In other words, you ended your run. And I wish this person continued success on their journey. Here's the simple point. Uh, we're hearing back from people who have a story like Stevens, who said, hey, I started going down uh, this route and got into trouble as well. And uh, they're warning other people about going that direction. But in fairness, we got a number of other replies as well, Dr. Sonia. So um, why don't you share some of those?
2: Here are a couple of other responses. One person said, sure will, in a weak person. I smoke the stuff a little here and a little there. Sometimes I go weeks without it. Sometimes I smoke some daily. Another person replied, if you can't handle a little weed, then the problem is you, not the weed. It's only addicting for the weak-minded.
1: And, you know, this brings up a lot of interesting dialogue with addictions in general. My response uh is uh, simply this, and I'm just sharing with you things that we've engaged with online. You can actually look. If you want to see where we're posting, we'll speak a little bit more about this. But uh, the YouTube channel that we're using is our main channel uh, that we've had for, I don't know, something like 20 years. It's uh, Compass Health Consulting. So just at the at symbol, Compass Health Consulting. Uh, that's the uh, the company that I run that. American Indian, and Alaska Native Living uh, contracts with as far as my work with the radio show. So um, if you go there, we're posting all of these short videos, not only things that draw from content of the radio show, but from other sources as well to basically increase the exposure of any of these different uh, channels. So it's all going through the single channel. So we'll talk more about that because we've had some questions coming through on how we're posting. But let me come back to my response to these two individuals who are basically saying marijuana is not an issue unless you're weak. You know, if you can't handle this stuff, it's your problem. So here's my response. Thanks for sharing. That's probably the biggest challenge with addictive drugs. We never really know who will be able to limit their habit and for whom it will escalate. The crazy thing is that someone may be very disciplined in many areas, but then when it comes to a given substance, They seem to rapidly slip into addiction, and we could tell that story not just with marijuana, Sonia, but with alcohol and and other uh, addictive substances as well, right?
2: Definitely. We've seen that many times.
1: You know, and I think this brings up a dialogue, too. We were just speaking with some other health professionals uh, just the other day and talking about narcotics and narcotic addiction, and... Sonia, I don't know what your experience has been as a clinician. My wife, many of you know, is a family practice uh, specialist, and I'm an internal medicine specialist. But I find patients, some of them come to me and say, whoa, I could see how this could be really addictive. And other people say, you know, this doesn't draw me that way at all. Have you noticed that kind of response in some people either with a prescription narcotic, maybe they just had major surgery, And some of them say, wow, this kind of gives me like a high. Other people say, you know, I couldn't see how I'd ever want to use this. You get those kind of responses too?
2: Oh, yes. Like you said, some people really seem to start craving it as an addictive substance. Other people just say, oh, I could lay it down any time. It doesn't uh, bother me. I can use it or not use it.
1: Okay, so we're talking today about responses to a American Indian Alaska Native Living radio show that we have now released in some short video segments. We're talking about a segment that was released at the end of January, actually uh, January 27th of 2024. We called it the Marijuana Deception. You just heard that short clip, less than a minute long, from Stephen T. Ginsburg. Part of a much longer show, we did a full episode of this show. Some of you may have recalled hearing that if you're regular listeners, and just a lot of people engaging. And so if you want to hear just the clip, you can probably most easily access it on YouTube, and the channel is Compass Health Consulting, so just simply at Compass Health Consulting, and you can catch that clip. But let's come back to some of these other responses, Sonia, because we got some other individuals. On this topic of marijuana's deception, that's what we called the video, what other responses did we get?
2: Another person said this, I started smoking weed again, and it has progressed to match my last addiction's daily expenses. This is because I like dispensary high-grade flour and live resin diamonds and triple-infused joints.
1: And uh, my response to this person is simply, thanks for reminding us of another downside of marijuana. Not everyone factors cost into their considerations. And I think this is one of the other things, Sonia, that we're seeing a lot of challenge with. Uh, Both of us deal with an underserved population, uh, a more financially challenged population, and we're definitely seeing a lot of individuals who get entwined in substance use issues that one of the real challenges becomes a financial challenge.
2: Yes, that is true. Many of them don't even feel they have money to buy healthy food, but they still are supplying their addictions.
1: And this is true not just, we're not just talking about illicit uh, compounds, and we're talking about legalized drugs. I mean, whether you're talking about alcohol, whether you're talking about tobacco. And again, you know, on this show I always remind folks that we're not, Talking about uh, ceremonial use, we're talking about addictive commercial tobacco, and you know some of my listeners who are not from Native backgrounds will say, well, "Why do you even say that?" Well, you know, ask some of your local Native neighbors about why we make that distinction often on air. But having said that, uh, Sonia, we got some additional things that we're kind of pushing back, and I sense it was pushing back not so much about us for airing the interview, but Maybe even this next one taking issue with Stephen T. Ginsburg and his story. Yes,
2: yeah, so here are a couple of, of those responses. One person said, Stop it, bro. You've never had withdrawals from weed. People out here are actually suffering from real fatal drugs. This is not one. And then another respondent said, Not the worst addiction. Caffeine, sugar, and alcohol are all worse for you and legal.
1: And in replying to these folks, here's what I shared. I said, you definitely have a point, especially when you add alcohol to the list. And it's interesting to me, I hear the same arguments as have come up in this discussion, and I recommend they read some of the other respondents that we've shared with you, with alcohol. And that is just because someone drinks, quote, socially and doesn't think they have had any problems, doesn't mean that literally millions of others have not had serious or even fatal effects. And I think this is really an important uh, point to make because really, just because someone says, hey, I've used a substance, and uh, it could be anything, even something that's highly addictive, we occasionally, I mean, I'd say very rarely, run into someone who says, you know, I just uh, use a commercial tobacco sporadically, Uh, Most people that we run into who start that way end up uh, addicted to tobacco and and cigarettes uh, specifically. But the point is just because someone, quote, can use something apparently without serious adverse effects doesn't mean it's safe for everyone. And I think the warning that Stephen T. Ginsburg and others, other respondents have shared is this is really a dangerous topic. I mean, any kind of substance with addictive potential is something that we need to include in that equation, and it's not just things that might be illicit.
2: This person said, PSA addiction is a choice. Weed is not a gateway drug. And how much did he get paid?
1: Well, Sonia, this brings up some other important issues. Let me just share my response to this individual. I simply said, great question. We should always, quote, follow the money, end of quote, when someone is trying to impact our behavior. However, in this case, the guest, Stephen T. Ginsburg, was not paid anything by me or American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio, which is where the interview first aired. So I know it brings up some other questions, too, in that, but I did want to underscore the fact that we're not interested in trying to put out false information. We're just sharing someone's story, and we know that story isn't necessarily representative of everyone, but it clearly resonated with some folks. We're going to come back in our next segment. We're going to talk about another short video that we just released, why we released it in the light of what we've been talking about and some uh, exciting dialogue that I think it's provoking. So we'll be right back after some important messages. I'm Dr. David Rose. Join us. Stay tuned.
0: Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, Please reach out to us on the web at aianl.org. That stands for American Indian Alaska Native Living. Again, aianl.org. Or you can call us at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose.
1: Welcome back to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. With my wife, Dr. Sonia DeRose, we're talking about things that you've been engaging with us regarding and we've been taking uh, some responses that have come to a new initiative that we have and that is releasing short youtube videos uh, short uh, video content going out on a number of platforms that actually really helps you engage uh, perhaps in different ways not maybe so much you our regular listeners but really extending some of the great content that we've had on this radio show over the last several years with a much larger audience we uh, if you're just joining us shared with you a clip uh, dealing with uh, someone who felt they experienced some serious adverse consequences from the use of marijuana. We're now going to transition to some other questions and then some other videos that we just released. And these are some responses that have come through another sister website. I'll explain a little bit of this together for you, how you can get in touch with us. Sometimes people get confused. And this question actually illustrates just what we're talking about. So, Sonia, what is this question that has come through to us here at uh, Timeless Healing Insights slash American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio?
2: It says, I was wondering if any of your programs have been adapted to be provided by churches as a part of their health ministry programs. Our church is always looking for ways to provide help to both our members and our community. Something specifically on the 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control would be really helpful.
1: Okay, so I just mentioned a sister ministry called Timeless Healing Insights. So really, I probably should explain this because a number of these questions kind of relate to folks, perhaps like you, even a regular listener. You're saying, you know, what are all these different entities that Dr. DeRose is involved with? And maybe we should read one other related question too, Sonia. I know both these people were talking about churches but um, they could just as well have been talking about tribal organizations or workplaces or community groups. And this was kind of a surprising one because what we're doing with American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio, as well as a couple of sister channels that are going out on the Internet, we're engaging with people all over the world. We actually looked not long ago, and people in some 130 countries have been engaging with uh, our content. And here's someone from the Middle East who wrote in. Why don't you share that?
2: This person wrote, Greetings from Dubai. Yesterday I listened to you and your wife's podcast, and you mentioned something that you have short six-minute videos that we could share as our health nugget at the church. Please kindly let me know where I can find these videos. Thank you for your ministry. God bless.
1: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this, and we'll break some things down, then we're going to share some other content with you. So first of all, some logistic things, because we get a lot of questions like this. So American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio has been airing for over 20 years. Many of you know, at the end of uh, many of the segments of this show, you'll hear our website mentioned. That's A-I-A-N-L dot O-R-G for American Indian Alaska Native Living And that not only links you to our radio show, but it links you to our periodical, our magazine. Some of you may have seen print editions of the magazine. You can get electronic copies. And this is something that is very well regarded throughout Indian country. Many of leading national Native organizations partner with the producers of the magazine. I am not the publisher of the magazine. I was recruited actually by a Native individual who founded American Indian and Alaska Native Living, founded that brand some years ago. Some of you may remember historically, originally we simply called the show American Indian Living, but because of its uh, emphasis on reaching indigenous peoples throughout North America, the name was changed a few years ago. So I tell you all that to say I'm also involved with a couple of sister institutions. We often co-promote things, co-produce things, cross reference things, if you will. So one of those other organizations is called Timeless Healing Insights, and that is simply TimelessHealingInsights.org. On that website, we have uh, a lot of free educational programs, and this is where a lot of the engagement comes because we have these 30-day online programs. Sonia, the first one that came out was called 30 Days to Better Health, Tell us a little bit about the background of that, why we put that program out.
2: You had co-authored a book called 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, and these uh, 30 videos are covering the same content, obviously not in as much detail, but it's in a video format so that people who don't read or don't want to read or won't spend that much time reading will still have access to
1: those materials. So thank you. Yeah, that's a perfect way of describing the history. And what's been really exciting is many folks throughout Indian country have read the book or have a copy of the book. We did have some uh, generous grant funds that allowed us to give the books out to many tribal leaders. Some of you may have met me at maybe a National uh, Indian Health Board event or a National Congress of American Indian event and received one of those books. So that book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control, And then a subsequent book that I wrote called The Methuselah Factor dealt with 30-day programming, natural strategies to address things like high blood pressure and diabetes. And what we did is we put these into these automated programs. So the flagship program was called 30 Days to Better Health. It's totally free, and you access it at timelesshealinginsights.org. Now, these videos that go along with the program. They're roughly five or six minutes long, and what we said from the very beginning is anyone can use these in a public venue. I think I first became aware of a a group using them in a public setting. was actually a tribal group that we were working with some in California, and they told me they were using these five, six-minute videos, choosing ones, and periodically showing them to a group that they had been working with who had come through a curriculum developed. I think it was one of the uh, CDC-endorsed curriculums dealing with diabetes prevention. But my point is, whether you're a Native organization, whether you're talking from a faith community perspective, whether you're in a business, if you sign up for the program, 30 Days to Better Health, it's a free program online at TimelessHealingInsights.org. You can use any of those videos. You don't need to get permission. You can show them in your your workplace. We ask you not to post them, repost them, but you can show them, you can invite people to them, and uh, you don't need to pay any royalties, you don't need any permission. So just kind of letting folks know about that resource, and that's what we communicated to this individual in Dubai and to the other person who wrote into us. So, Sonia, at this point, we want to transition to something that kind of builds on what we talked about in the last segment. So in the last segment, Individuals were talking about different substances and, you know, why put something out there about downsides of marijuana, dangers of marijuana, because there's other substances that are much worse. And this is kind of a whole interesting dialogue that I see in the area of substance use, as well as other deleterious lifestyle factors. What we did is, as we're putting out these short videos, we put out another short video on the Compass Health channel That begs one other explanation because we're talking about three different entities. We're talking about American Indian, Alaska Native Living Radio. We're also talking about Timeless Healing Insights, which is a separate website, kind of a sister institution. And then there's this other organization called Compass Health Consulting. And, uh, Sonia, how would you describe that organization?
2: That is an organization that we started well over 20 years ago. We have multiple videos and books and other things for sale on that website. There's also some free materials, free handouts, and other things available there to help people improve their health.
1: So Compass Health Consulting is the umbrella organization that I work under. I'm the president of that organization. And some of these other American Indian and Alaska Native living and Timeless Healing Insights, are two other sister institutions that we work with. And the reason for mentioning the connection with Compass Health Consulting, I mean, occasionally I'll be speaking out of town or someone will ask me in an interview, they'll say, well, what, what about Compass Health Consulting? Well, we still use that. That's our main YouTube channel. So we're putting out all these short videos, some of which came out in other settings, a single place where people can go. So if you're going to YouTube, Compass Health Consulting, is the channel you want to use. And one of the uh, Timeless Healing Insights videos, these short videos, we're going to share next. We're going to play a clip for you, and then we're going to talk about that, and I'll explain to you why we're doing that in the next segment. So before we finish up this segment, we're going to go ahead and share this segment right now from a YouTube short, Compass Health Consulting YouTube channel. What other things can you do? If you want to optimize melatonin, stay away from compounds, over-the-counter compounds that have been linked to poor melatonin production. You guessed it. Three things that we've talked about earlier in this series that are not good for your blood fluidity are also not good for melatonin. I'm talking caffeine, tobacco, alcohol. Then there are some things that you can ingest that can help you. Among those things are melatonin-rich herbs and spices. On that list, things like sage, thyme, and peppermint. There are also foods that are rich in melatonin. On that list are things like almonds, apples, tomatoes, and bell peppers. We're going to talk more about that video clip, the audio from it, and why we're sharing it, some interesting engagement that we've had that relates to it. We're going to be back with more on today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Stay tuned for some more great dialogue from people just like you. We'll be right back.
0: American Indian and Alaska Native Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please contact us on the web at AIANL.org. Or call 1 800 775 HOPE. That's 1 800 775 4673. A message from the National Police Association. It used to be that any able bodied person would offer to assist a police officer in danger. Now, passers by are more likely to take a video. There's a better use for your phone when an officer's in trouble. Call 911. Tell the operator where you are and what you see. Then start your video to provide evidence later. To learn more about how you can assist law enforcement, visit nationalpolice.org. That's nationalpolice.org.
4: Unlike other health concerns, mental illness is not always easy to see. Depression won't show up on an eye chart, and you can't measure it on your bathroom scale. Sorting out a mental health concern is not something to attempt on your own. You won't find a bipolar disorder by looking at a thermometer. Like many other health conditions, help for mental illness takes professional diagnosis and treatment. Anxiety won't just go away under a stick-on bandage. So the sooner you seek treatment, the better. If you or a loved one has a mental health concern, don't go it alone. Find out what to do. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral, call 1-800-662-HELP. Learn more at SAMHSA.gov support. That's SAMHSA.gov slash support.
1: Using meth taught me everything about freedom, only not like you think. It taught me how easy it is to lose your freedom. If you think meth is taking control of you, Ask for help. You have the power to be truly free. I know. I'm Jan, and I'm free from meth.
4: If you or someone you know is struggling with meth, call 1-800-662-HELP for 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral. Learn more at samhsa.gov slash meth.
0: You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian and Alaskan Native Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673.
1: Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Welcome to the second half of today's show. We've been talking about you, folks who are our regular listeners who've been engaging with us on some different Internet platforms, whether you're reaching out to us through American Indian and Alaska Native Living or through one of our sister platforms like Compass Health Consulting or Timeless Healing Insights. And we just played a clip before we stepped away about melatonin. And the reason I played that clip had to do with something that came up in an earlier question. So if you've been with us from the top of the hour, we started by speaking about actually featuring a clip from a radio interview that we aired on this radio show a few years ago. Stephen T. Ginsburg was my guest, speaking about how marijuana was one of the things that he felt put him on a downward spiral that ultimately led into uh, serious alcohol addiction and problems. That clip has been generating a lot of interest with uh, people uh, throughout the world, and uh, we shared some of the responses. One of them we're going to read again, and this is a response to why are we airing something about marijuana? Sonia, my wife, has been helping us, and she's got uh, these responses in front of her. Yeah, why don't you read that again for us?
2: This person said, Not the worst addiction. Caffeine, sugar, and alcohol are all worse for you and legal.
1: So the reason we wanted to share that clip about melatonin. We just put that short video up. It's not originally from this radio show. We're putting a number of clips onto the Compass Health Consulting YouTube channel, short videos. The short video that we featured is one from our uh, daily 30-day programs, so you can access them through timelesshealinginsights.org and that was speaking about melatonin. And Sonia, When we played that, I talked about three things that actually can undermine melatonin levels. Caffeine, alcohol, and tobacco. And it's interesting, the person writing in, when they're contrasting marijuana with other things, they're saying, hey, not as bad as some of these other substances. I don't think anyone could probably argue with uh, including alcohol on that list. I mean, the toll from alcohol is just staggering, isn't it?
2: It certainly is. Hundreds of thousands of people dying yearly from uh, the negative effects of alcohol, either on themselves or causing problems uh, for others because of their alcohol intake.
1: And what's interesting to me about this whole topic, we've featured this before on the radio show, is if you look at the history of North America, prior to European contact, from what I can find, really no distillation of liquor here. So it's not to say there weren't any fermented uh, beverages or things. But the point is uh, these you know high alcohol content items really are brought here from abroad along with the problems that have come. And it's not a native problem. You know, some people want to make uh, alcohol-related issues a native problem. I mean, it's a staggering issue across the spectrum. And the objection is just like we heard with the marijuana dialogue. Well, hey, a lot of people do not seem to have much in the way of problems. Here's where we're going with all this. We talked in that segment about melatonin. And the reason we're talking about melatonin in this series, in this 30-day program series, is because melatonin is an important compound. It's made by your body. And it is important not only for sleep, but it has uh, benefits in your immune system. It also has blood pressure benefiting effects. So, Sonia, you've got a copy of our book that you mentioned earlier in the show. 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. And um, in that book, we have a chapter dealing with sleep. And one of the questions with sleep is, why is sleep so beneficial to blood pressure? There's a number of reasons for it. But it's possible that some of the benefits of sleep are related to melatonin. And we have a very interesting graphic. If you've got a copy of the book, it's on page 176 of uh, our book, 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. And what we have there is a review, meta-analysis. That's where researchers have pooled a a number of research studies. And what they found is that the controlled-release melatonins, these supplements that many people have used, have some significant blood pressure-lowering benefits. In this particular uh, series of studies, they lowered systolic blood pressure in the range of 6 points, diastolic blood pressure in the range of 3 or 4 points. And although that may not seem earth-shattering, life-changing. What we know about blood pressure is there's so many simple things that can move your blood pressure in the right direction. Doing multiple of these things can have huge benefits. Sonia, you and I have both seen that in our clinical practices. Tell us a little bit about why you would emphasize to your patients some things that alone may not make a huge difference. Why do we talk about comprehensive lifestyle changes when we speak about high blood pressure?
2: Well, like you just mentioned, Many of these lifestyle choices affect blood pressure positively, maybe two or three points uh, lowering for one item, uh, another two or three points lowering for another. But when you add all these up, it can be very significant, 15, 20 points of uh, millimeters mercury of lowering your blood pressure, which is just as significant, if not more so, as uh what medications do.
1: Yeah, and that was one of the exciting things about uh our book, because after our book came out, we worked with a number of community groups to uh, just see what would happen if they used the book. Uh, you've been hearing about related video materials that we have. We've been talking about some of the newer materials, but we had some older materials that we used back uh seven, eight years ago when the book came out, and we found that on average, people with high blood pressure who went through community programs using the book and related video materials Uh, Lower their systolic blood pressure some 17 points. So really exciting things, you know, highly significant if you're a medical researcher, you know, low p-values, if that doesn't mean anything to you. It just means the evidence indicated this is a real effect of the program. It, It isn't just something that happened by random chance. Now, let's come back to this whole dialogue about alcohol, caffeine, marijuana, And we're talking about blood pressure now, and I think it's an interesting one. Just last year, there was a fascinating paper uh, that was published in the uh, Nature series of uh, medical journals. So these are some of the most uh, prestigious uh, medical journals in the world. And um, one of the papers uh, looked at marijuana use and um, drew a number of, of very interesting correlations, a number of interesting connections between cannabis use and other issues. Now, the one that was quite interesting, and you know, in fairness, we're mentioning it here because, uh, I'm trying to give you objective evidence, uh, concerns about marijuana, but there are things that marijuana looks like it may have some favorable benefits with in this large series, and we're talking about over 90,000 uh, people in what's called the UK Biobank Population. This is a publication that came out in a journal called Scientific Reports back in 2023. And uh, what they found is there was a trend toward blood pressure lowering, actually significant blood pressure lowering. Now, significant just means more so than you would expect just by chance. But I want you to listen to the conclusion of the authors. So, first of all, we're not saying that everything about marijuana is bad. It does, there's nothing that anyone could ever, uh, any connection with it, that could not do anything good. So that's not the point of what we're sharing in this program. But let me read with you the conclusion of the authors. The small association in blood pressure differences between heavy users and never users of of cannabis remains too small to adopt cannabis, blood pressure, public policy, and clinical practice. And so the point is simply this. Yes, there seems to be this connection between blood pressure lowering and cannabis use, But then when you look at the bigger picture, and this was was really striking to me, and it goes along with these responses we had from folks, because people were saying, some were saying, well, cannabis is not a gateway drug, and other people were saying, and I'm not sure we read all the responses, I think some people were saying, well, it's only a gateway drug for tobacco. Well, let me tell you, this was startling, because if you look at this paper that comes out of the UK, it was quite striking, because they looked at other behaviors that were associated with marijuana use, and... There were multiple negative behaviors. The heavier the person was using marijuana, the greater the correlation. And I'm just pulling up the graphic uh, here uh, so that both Sonia and I can look at it and just kind of explain it to you because to me it was really quite striking. In this paper and um in others, there's another paper that I was looking at as well that looked at some of this also from that same uh, family of journals. We won't get there yet, but Let me just go break down some of these associations. So some of the associations included things like higher marijuana use, greater use of tobacco, greater use of alcohol. And you would say, well, just what magnitude of increase? What difference did it make? Sonia, you have any guesses for us?
2: Well, I haven't seen the study, so I don't know the numbers. But just uh, like many other uh, addictive substances, if a person is using one, they often tend to use more uh, or use others more frequently and uh, more of it.
1: So let's take a look at some of these specific things and uh, some of the associations that these researchers found because I really found it very, very interesting. So, for example, let's talk, first of all, let's talk about um, smoking or maybe a more salient one uh, as far as what we're talking about would be alcohol use. So, for example, if we look at alcohol, so the percentage of heavy marijuana users who were also high alcohol users was over a third. It was 36.7%, and that compared to only 26.5% of uh, individuals who were high alcohol users if they never used cannabis. So we're talking about a good 10% difference there, greater likelihood of using uh, high amounts of alcohol. Let's talk about uh, tobacco smoking. So if you look at current smokers, so we're talking about this connection, you know, is marijuana this innocuous substance? If you just look across the board, among those who are not using cannabis, only 3.6% of that group was smoking tobacco. Would you like to guess what that figure was when it came to those who are using cannabis? 23.3%. So nearly a quarter of the cannabis users were smoking cigarettes. And when it came to those who were avoiding marijuana, it was only about what? One in 30 that was using tobacco. I mean, just astronomically increased rates. And so the point is simply there are these connections between substances, just like you pointed out, Sonia. And so we don't talk in a vacuum When we talk about substance use, I know some of you, if you're tuning in, you're asking the right question. Just saying, well, how do we know which direction those relationships go? Is someone who's already a tobacco smoker, are they more likely to smoke cannabis? It has nothing to do with the cannabis causing them to smoke more. And all of those are legitimate questions to ask. But the point we're simply making is there's this connection between substance use and other substance use and Substance use, therefore, is not innocuous. We're going to talk more about a big concern that's been coming up uh, lately in the uh, medical research literature that also relates to cannabis in particular. We're going to cover that in our final segment. Sonia, before we step away, folks are wanting to send questions in. They're wanting to reach out. They're wanting to engage with content. Where do we like to recommend they go?
2: Simply go to timelesshealinginsights.org. Again, that is TimelessHealingInsights.org.
1: And that's going to be the best place to connect with a lot of this content and also to send your questions through to us. You can also reach out through the other portals. But we're going to come back with some uh, final information that I think uh, is very sobering as well as some pointers that can help you with other lifestyle concerns. We'll be right back. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back for our final segment of today's edition of American Indian and Alaska Native Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We've been speaking about uh, some of the engagement that is coming through our various channels, really helping to link folks with content that we've put out on American Indian and Alaska Native Living Radio and other sources of content out on the uh, Internet. It is uh, something that's been generating a lot of dialogue because We recently featured something dealing with marijuana use, how it was not innocuous. Sonia, one of the topics we haven't spoken about on this show is generating a lot more dialogue, a lot more interest in the medical community, and that is speaking about mental health and marijuana use. What are some of the big concerns that are emerging with that?
2: Yeah, more and more research is coming out showing that there is an increased risk of developing other psychotic and mental health disorders, even like schizophrenia, from using marijuana. And this is especially a problem with kids in their teens to their 20s starting to use it.
1: Well, let's just speak in the way of definitions, first of all. So you mentioned the term psychosis. What does that mean for a layperson?
2: Psychosis means that people are out of touch with reality. This may include having hallucinations, where they are seeing things that aren't really there, hearing voices that no one else is hearing, this kind of thing.
1: So basically what we're finding is that individuals who might be predisposed to mental health issues, there's certain genetic markers that uh, can give us insight into this, that marijuana can be one of these triggers. We know there's a connection between marijuana and psychosis, but it's not just a short one-time thing. It's not just a funny thing that happens at a party, but this can cause or can increase the likelihood, at least the research is suggesting, of serious mental health disorders long-term. Some of these psychotic disorders, you mentioned schizophrenia, which is a serious mental health uh, issue. Sometimes in the lay circles, people call it split personality, but it's uh, basically think in terms of this psychosis. Someone's out of touch with reality rather than having um, uh, dual personalities, which would be uh, another condition. And then, of course, Sonia, one of the other... Conditions that we can sometimes see psychotic behavior in would be like bipolar disorder. It used to be referred to as manic depressive illness. So, Sonia, what is your concern as a healthcare provider? If, uh, say, a patient says they're using marijuana or a family member comes in, maybe a parent or grandparent expresses concern or asks whether there should be concerns about a young person using marijuana?
2: Well, it is a big concern because, like we've just been talking about, The research is showing that there is increased risk of developing lifelong mental health disorders from marijuana use. And this can happen even with the first use of it. It doesn't necessarily have to be something that the person is continuing to use for a long period of time before they develop problems.
1: So the bottom line, one of the things we've been communicating in today's broadcast and that we've alluded to in some of the recent short videos is that just because Something may seem to be safe for some people, doesn't mean it's safe for everyone. And we clearly have growing concerns with a number of things that are commonly used recreationally, quote, socially. Let me give the flip side of this now to bring it all back to Indian country, because some of you thought, hey, there was a great clip about melatonin. And again, if you just joined us, the clips that we uh, shared earlier in the show, we showed, uh, we shared audio portions of uh, short YouTube videos that were released in January of 2024, the end of that month. And one of them was talking about marijuana. Another was talking about melatonin and how other symptoms can depress levels of this important compound, specifically caffeine, alcohol, tobacco, lowering melatonin levels. What we didn't talk about and what I think is so applicable to Indian country is that there are natural things that can raise melatonin levels And one of them is a substance, an herb that's been held in high regard throughout Indian country, and that is sage. Sonia, we also spoke in that video about apples. Some other authors have written about things like oats and corn as having uh, melatonin-boosting properties. Why is this such important messaging when we speak with indigenous peoples in North America?
2: Well, of course, there are the three sisters, corn, beans, and squash, which are well-known in uh, Native American circles, And these, along with many other plant products, really can boost your melatonin consumption. And, of course, they have many other health-giving benefits as well.
1: And so the point is simply this. I know a lot of folks uh, like to tout marijuana because it's, quote, natural. But you could just as well tout opium because it's natural or tobacco. And, again, we know in Indian country their ceremonial use Of tobacco, we're speaking about the commercial addictive tobacco use that has become so prevalent and is associated with uh, such staggering rates of disease, uh, you know, leading cause of lung cancer, major cause of heart attack, stroke, raises high blood pressure. So the list goes on and on. But here's the, the message. We're trying to help people say, look in your traditions, look in your family background for healthy lifestyle traditions, physical activity, healthy foods. These are the things we're saying. Emphasize the things that don't seem to have these potential downsides. Don't hone in on something you might say, oh, well, this can be helpful for me or it's helping someone in my family. Be very careful with these things that have addictive potential because often uh, we end up seeing, those of us in the medical profession, things that are serious complications, serious difficulties that are a result of some things that may look sometimes relatively innocuous. Sonia, as we're winding up this show, I thought it would be fitting because we get a lot of people writing in questions. We've been taking a number of them. There's another one here that I think is worth mentioning because it brings us back to one of the topics we've been speaking on as we've been going about this show. It's a pretty short question, but might take a little bit longer for us to answer.
2: This person uh, wrote in and says, Hi, I have chronic kidney disease stage 3. How can you help me with this?
1: And first of all, let me share with you the short response. So this is someone who reached out to us through the TimelessHealingInsights.org webpage. And I wrote to them, I said, one of the pillars of treatment for many natural practitioners is what's now being called a whole foods plant-based diet. Sonia will talk with you about that in just a minute. I also mentioned that control of diabetes and high blood pressure is essential. And then I shared with this individual, if you've not already tried one of our free online programs, called 30 Days to Better Health, it would help to introduce you to such a lifestyle. So basically, talking about this free program, 30 Days to Better Health, that we've mentioned, and you can simply access that, again, at the TimelessHealingInsights.org webpage. Sonia, whole foods, plant-based diet. When people use that term today, what are they talking about?
2: That is talking about plant foods that are eaten in simple forms, not processed, but they're just simply prepared doesn't mean you have to just eat everything raw like it came out of the ground, but that it's not processed foods. For instance, potato chips and french fries, they are plant-based, but they certainly are not a whole food or a healthy food. So we're talking about the fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, these kind of things. And as I mentioned, they can be prepared into dishes, but not having been processed so that you don't have the whole food there.
1: And why these are so powerful is because, as we pointed out in our blood pressure book, we're talking here about kidney disease and uh, diabetes and high blood pressure are two of the things that really drive those uh, diseases. But why we're speaking about blood pressure is because if you can control your blood pressure naturally, it goes a long way. And these whole plant foods are loaded with things like phytochemicals that have natural blood pressure-lowering properties. One of my favorite tables in our book 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure, looks at natural ACE inhibitory compounds. So these are compounds, by the way, some popular drugs directly work by giving people ACE inhibitors that they're ingesting. If you're taking blood pressure medication that ends in Pril, like ramapril or Lucinopril, these medications are ACE inhibitors. And what we now know and what we put into our book is that there's a host of natural products that are rich in these angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitory properties. Sonia, you've got table 5.7 in front of you. Give us uh, some of the things that are rich in these compounds, or at least sources of these compounds that could be used to theoretically help lower blood pressure.
2: These are foods like broccoli, buckwheat, chickpeas, corn, garlic, mung beans, mushrooms, peanuts, potatoes, rice, soybeans, spinach, sunflower seeds, and wheat, and of course, many other whole foods that are very beneficial for you.
1: So basically, one of the messages we want to give you is when it comes to optimizing lifestyle, focus on these uh, these healthy options that don't have downsides. Sonia, you have one other thing that I know you wanted to add about this uh, last question.
2: The other thing that is important to know is that animal protein actually damages your kidneys. People who have some kidney disease, and they switch to a completely plant-based diet of whole foods, often see improvement in their kidney function because the the plant proteins don't have the same damaging effect, uh, especially when eaten in whole plant food form.
1: Well, we do have to wind up uh, the show today. Again, we've been speaking about questions uh, and dialogue that has come through various uh, Internet sites that we work with. All of them come together with this radio show, American Indian and Alaska Native Living. It has been our regular presence for interacting with folks throughout Indian country and beyond for over 20 years. You can engage with us directly at the website uh, for this show that we give you at uh, multiple breaks, but you can also uh, send your questions through TimelessHealingInsights.org. Thank you for joining us for today's show. As always, I'm Dr. David DeRose, joined today by my wife, Dr. Sonia DeRose. Both of us wishing you the very best of health.
3: Native Voice One, the Native American Radio
1: Network.